what we gonna do, huh? I can't do nothing else but play football. Hey, hey, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. I can't be doing nothing else. I can't do nothing else but play football. We practiced it. We practiced it. You told me who's gonna go to the pro. I don't know what I'm gonna do with on my knee. Oh, I'm somebody else. No, I want to have to Episode six. Episode six, man. What are we gonna do without sports? What are we gonna do without sports, man? I swear to God, people thought I was joking the other day, man. That's that's how I felt. I wasn't even paying attention to the news or nothing. I don't know what I was doing the other night. I might have been playing Call of Duty or something. So by the time I sat down, I was getting ready to go to sleep. My phone was going off. People were texting me. Shout out to my homeboy, Rob, down in Lexington. He called me. He's like, man, you see the news? And I'm like, man, there's so much going on right now. I was like, man, what's up? So at that time, that's when I'm looking at my phone. And I thought it was a joke. It was like the NBA season has been suspended. Rudy Gobert tested positive. And I'm like, man, you better quit playing with me right now. He's like, no, nah, man, for real. So I flip it over to ESPN. And I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. So you just knew that NCAA was going to be next. Plus, for us here in Kentucky, Sweet 16 is a big thing. So Sweet 16 was coming up. I'm like, oh, man. So they're going to get ready to shut all this down, too. And in less than 24 hours, man, I'm talking about they canceled everything. Basketball. Baseball, soccer, everything college has been suspended, stopped. And then the NCAA announces that the whole tournament is just canceled. Not postponed, but canceled. I don't know what I'm finna do, man. Lord, I don't know what we done. But, man, please, please fix it. Please fix it. Please fix it. So I posted that little... Little meme the other day with the Friday Night Lights because that's the first thought to come to my mind. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? Because I don't watch a lot of TV outside of sports. I play the game a lot, uh, Call of Duty. But it's like, you know what I'm saying? I know my family, my kids, my wife. They don't want to see me sitting down playing the game all day. So I try not to be on there as much. But even though yesterday, man, I think I played a game yesterday for about five or six hours straight. To the point to where they just go in the back, they turn on their TVs or whatever they do, and they just give me my space. But episode six, man, I had a whole lot planned for episode six. I knew that uh, Selection Sunday was coming up. I had already told a few people I wanted them to come through, and we was going to watch it live while we recorded it, and then jump on. And I was going to print out the brackets or whatever. And then we can just sit down and talk about each region and everybody fill out a bracket as we record. And then I had it all planned to where every week I was going to give an update of who's in the lead and and keep up with it until we finally got a national champion. So 
That's over with. Can't do that. I was looking forward to the playoffs. The Lakers have hit a nice little little run there, even though they lost to Brooklyn on LeBron's missed layup. But I just knew that, you know what I'm saying, like this was going to be an exciting year for sports. There was no definite, not definite, dominant. There was no dominant team in college basketball this year. So that tournament was going to be wide open. And now we're not even going to be able to see how, how that plays out due to the coronavirus. And that's where I'm going to start this episode with because, in my opinion, I feel like us as Americans, and I know, again, here, here I go with my general statements, trying to generalize people with these statements, but it's just my opinion, so please don't feel offended by it. But I feel like us as Americans, we honestly feel like we're invincible. Like We feel like nothing else in the world can affect us. And even now that we have all these cases developing here in the United States, I feel like people are still taking it lightly. People are taking it as a joke. And in the beginning, yes, I'm guilty of it too. I always share memes and whatever makes me laugh on social media, I always share because I'm like, you know, that's what gets me through my day, just sitting around laughing or whatever. So if my little memes or whatever that I share can make somebody else smile and get them through the day, then I'm going to hit the share button. It's not that I'm insensitive to people that are sick or people that's dealing with it. It's just, hey, this is something I thought was funny. Maybe somebody else will look at it and feel the same way, maybe brighten up their mood. You never know what people are going through. So once I started hearing on the radio, seeing on the news, how this virus was just spreading rapidly, like the coronavirus has been around. This is not nothing new. It's just never been an outbreak like it is now. So that's why nobody's ever talked about it. It's never been brought up. I see people sharing the memes and stuff with the Lysol and it's got coronavirus on the back of it. And this is something that people are just coming up with to try to scare people. It's been around. Everybody has their conspiracies. We're all guilty of it. Even down to your president. Oh, this is just a hoax by the Democrats and do do do, and it's just like, boom. <laughs> a few days later, now he's putting travel bans on people going and coming to Europe and Italy and this and that. And it's like that's the problem with us as Americans, in my opinion. It's like we don't never take anything serious until it's almost too late. And I saw the memes yesterday about quote unquote black people. Didn't care about the coronavirus until the NBA was suspended. And that's why I laughed and I shared it because, like, for me, it's like, all right, now you, you, you're you impacting sports. We got to figure this thing out. Not to mention just yesterday, uh, it was announced that at my job, somebody in my job tested positive for the coronavirus. So now all of us have to work from home. So this morning I got up, logged in, sat down at the table. I got everything that I needed to do, got it completed. So I'm here at home, turned the computer off, got up, just came in the living room. And my mind is just kind of fresh. Kids, they they had one day left of school or whatever, so they're not in the house. And while my mind is on this corona stuff, I was like, man, let me 
me talk about it real quick because we don't have no sports to talk about. So it's like, okay, somebody tested positive at work. So now everybody here in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, we're starting to take it more serious because there was already one other person that had tested positive, but they had them quarantined in the hospital. So it was necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody really was afraid. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these cases developing more and more in Indiana. I think now, I think they said Louisville's up to like 10 cases. And now it's here. If you look at the little map showing where all the people have been reported of having it, it's expanding, it's growing. And then you got to keep in mind how many people have it and they haven't started showing any symptoms. They haven't went to go get tested or they're thinking it's just a common cold. So now that it's it's up on us, now people are running out to the stores, buying up all the toilet paper and buying up all the water. And I'm like, what is toilet paper going to do to prevent you from catching it or whatever the case may be? And that's when I started forming my own conspiracies. I'm like, is this just a scare tactic to cause people to go out and spend their money and buy all this stuff? Because like grocery stores are, are being depleted. And it's like, are people really, really that afraid to where they're just going out and just buying stuff just to be buying it? And I guess the whole better be safe than sorry applies here because it's like, okay, if I don't buy toilet paper in bulk and... If this gets worse and people are no longer able to travel or go deliver goods and this and that, then at least I know I'll never run out. I can see it from both perspectives, but it's just like, come on, people. And that's why I feel like for us as Americans, again, that's where I honestly feel like we're we're, we're spoiled. Like we honestly think that nothing can impact us. And now that it's here, it is kind of scary. Like me and my wife, we had a conversation earlier because my daughter's eighth birthday is coming up and she wants to travel down to visit my mother. And they live probably about four and a half, five hours away from where we live at now. And I said to her, I'm like, well, if this stuff is going around and if we develop more cases, then for me personally, I'm not comfortable driving down there. Not only for myself, but I don't want to put my kids in harm's way. And then she kind of brushed it off, you know, like it's not that serious. And I'm saying to myself, like, that's the wrong attitude to have because it is that serious. Like, we don't know when we've caught the common cold. We don't know when we have the flu. We just wake up one day and then boom, we just start showing symptoms. So it's not like we're walking and we can see the coronavirus and we know to step to the left or step to the right, duck down, jump over it. You don't know who has it. You don't know where you contracted it from. It's airborne. Then I heard on the on the radio where it's like this virus can be on surfaces. Not I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show, they was like, this virus can set on surfaces for multiple days. And if I come in behind you and touch the same surface or wipe my nose or put my finger in my mouth, then boom, it's a possibility that I can have it. So when I hear things like that, and I hear that they're still trying to develop a cure for it, why would I put myself in harm's way to increase the probability of of getting it? 
And I know for myself, my immune system is garbage. So anytime the kids get sick or stomach bugs, I always get it. Maybe I need to drink more orange juice or take some vitamins. I don't know, but it's like, I already know that just for a common cold, my body picks it up. Anybody that has it, my body's going to pick it up. So if I know that my immune system is weak, why would I be traveling? Why would I go up and down the road and expose myself to this virus to possibly get it? And that's why I'm saying, I'm trying to get her to understand this. It's not that I'm trying to use this as an excuse not to go home or nothing of, of that nature, but it's like they're telling us not to travel. They're telling us to stay home for a reason. Okay, you don't have it. Okay, it's not a case in your your town or your city. But they're asking you to stay indoors so that they can keep it that way. If you can isolate it and start treating the people who have it and keep other people from coming in contact with these people, then the faster things will get back to normal. And I honestly feel like, in my opinion... That's where people are becoming selfish because you're not even thinking about others. You just say, oh, well, I don't have it. So, yeah, I'm going to catch that cheap flight. I'm going to go take that cruise. I don't have it. And you're not even thinking about the fact that, okay, yes, I can book a flight from here to Florida for $100 round trip. I get on this flight. So now whoever else decided to jump on this flight with me because it was a cheap deal. We sit on this plane. You don't know if this plane has been washed down. You don't know if they've thoroughly went through each seat, put Lysol, Clorox wipes, whatever they do to clean all the germs and stuff. Somebody who was on the plane before you may have been carrying it. So when I sit down in this seat, get to fiddling around, touching stuff, wipe my nose, boom, I got it now. So then I go to Florida Mixing and mingling on the beach, shake hands with people, go buy things. Boom, I gave it to them. So now somebody that I touch is going to take it to somewhere else. So then boom, or even vice versa. Say I do get on the plane, everything's squeaky clean. I go all the way to Florida, go to wherever this destination is. People are talking about going to California. I'm like, why in the world would you go to California? When right now, California and Washington have some of the highest cases in the country, but because the flights are cheap, you're just going to go. So you go out there, you buy something, exchange money with whoever this person is, and they have it. So boom, guess what? Now you're carrying it. You're not going to show symptoms for up to two weeks, 10 to 14 days. So you hop on the plane. Everything you touch on the plane has it. You come back home. Guess what? You brought it back home. And it's like, people really don't understand that. Now, I grant, granted, I understand that some people are joking When they say, yeah, I'm catching these flights, I'm doing this and doing that. But I know for me personally, these are conversations that I've had inside my home. Look at these flights. If we book this, we can go do this and do that. I'm like, why are you excited about the prices on the flight? I'm like, the flight prices are cheap for a reason. People are afraid to fly. They're recommending people not travel. My job has already told me that if I travel outside of the state, I have to report it. If I travel outside of the country, I have to report it. And when I do come back, I can't come into the office for a minimum of 14 days. So that to me is a a serious matter. And I don't understand why people take it lightly. 
Like people really feel like they can walk outside and everything's just like a regular day. And it's not because this is something that you don't know who has it. So why even take the chance? So it's just, it's weird to me how, you know, people just, I don't know. And I honestly feel like that's, that's an American thing. I understand it might be me generalizing people or stereotyping or whatever, but it's like with what's going on in Italy, I don't know if it's true or not. And that's where I might need to do some more research. But it's like I read something this morning where 19 days ago, 12 days ago, they only had 34 deaths. They had 20 cases of the coronavirus in Italy. And here we are now, not even three weeks later, and they're saying over 15,000 people have the coronavirus and almost a thousand people have died from it. And you're talking about a three week span. And it's like that to me is alarming. That is a sign for people to stay indoors. Like you don't have to tell me to stay at home because I'm, I'm a volunteer to stay at home just for the simple fact that people are reckless. I've seen where the schools are starting to close here in Jefferson County. Schools are officially closed starting Monday. And I've seen people complain about that. And I'm like, why are you upset that they're trying to take precautions to not only protect themselves, but to protect your children? I know for a fact, again, not to keep making everything so personal, since Christmas, my house has had the flu twice. My youngest daughter developed a case of pneumonia. My son had a stomach bug. And these are all things that, in my opinion, I feel like they picked up from school. It was several kids in their schools that, that had the flu. Sure enough, they come home. Now my kids have the flu. And even, even then, I told them, I'm like, man, stay in your room. Get away from me because I know that I pick things up easy. So if, if my kids have gone to school and picked up the flu twice since December and it's March, then why would I send them to school or why would I be against them closing the school when they're dealing with a virus that as of right now, they don't have a, a cure for. It ain't a, here, go take some Tamiflu. Here, go take this cough syrup. Just let it take its course and you'll be all right in, in a week. No, they don't know how to treat it. They don't know how long these symptoms are going to last. And I read something where it develops into pneumonia faster. So now you're dealing with upper respiratory issues. And if your body and your immune system is not strong enough to fight it, that's how people are passing away. So I applaud the schools. I feel like they should have closed it well before now. Same way with my job. This person that tested positive went home and was out of the office on March the 2nd. Now, granted, they've already told us that the symptoms don't show up for 10 to 14 days. So that's right around the same time frame. If it was March the 2nd, today's Friday the 13th. That's probably why all this stuff is going on, man. Friday the 13th, dude. 2020 has been awful. It's been terrible. Friday the 13th. But um, I feel like if they knew that somebody in that building had been dismissed for flu-like symptoms or whatever they were displaying, then I feel like an email should have automatically went out telling people, hey, we're not trying to scare you or alarm you or anything, but if you have the ability to work from home, we want you all to start exercising that. Somebody in the building might contain the virus. We want you all to be safe. But instead, we're all walking in the same building, using the same elevators, going up and down the same stairs, using the same restrooms, going down to the food cafeteria, 
eating the, you know, everybody's touching stuff in that building. So you don't know who has it or who's carrying it. And they just haven't showed the symptoms yet. So I understand for people that, that work and they can't afford daycare, they're panicking. You know, what am I going to do? Where can, where can my child go? And I don't have the money to pay for that. And that's one of those things where it's like that will, will work itself out. Like you shouldn't be afraid of the schools closing because you're scared of how you're going to pay for it. I know that was one of my issues when I moved here to Louisville. We didn't know how we were going to both go to work and make sure that our daughter was was cared for. Because I know when we lived in Lexington, daycare was like four or $500 a week. I couldn't afford that, not at the time. So what I ended up having to do was I went to second shift, stayed at home with my daughter while my wife was teaching. So when she got out of school, she came home and we just switched. She came home, took care of her while I went to work. When I got off, went straight to bed. So when she got up, I'd be ready to wake up and do it all over again. But it's like people are really upset that these schools and stuff are, are closing. And it's like, to me, again, that's that's selfish. So I'm like, that's what I, I really want to touch on today because it's like, what is it in us that really makes us only want to look out for ourselves? You're not even thinking about other people. Like, okay, it's an inconvenience to you because the school is closing and you don't have anybody to keep a hold of, of your child. But what about the people that are actually in the school? Teachers, principals, like you rather them be put in harm's way, sending your kids because kids carry germs and viruses the most. So you rather everybody in the school get it so you don't have to send your child to daycare or you don't have to take off of work to stay at home with your child. But what if your child catches this virus while he or she is at school? Then guess what? You're going to have to take off anyway. You and your child will be home anyway. And it's like people, people don't think about stuff like that. They're telling you not to travel for a reason. Elderly people, their immune systems can't handle it. So they're urging people to stay away. Isolate yourself. But no, I'm going to get on this plane because it's it's cheap. A round trip. I can go on this cruise because it's cheap. And the cruise is the last place I want to be on. Because you out there in the water, sailing the seas, and just you're stuck. If you get sick, you're stuck. There's nothing you can do. You're stuck. And I, I hate it for them people that were stuck out there off the coast of California. All those days, you just sitting there. You don't know who has it. I think they said, what, maybe 20 people. The majority of them were people that actually worked on the boat. You got to think, they're constantly traveling the world. They get off of one cruise and jump on the next. And they're off to another destination. So you're constantly hands-on with people all over the place. And whatever they have, you putting it on the boat. Whoever gets on the boat, you exposing them to it. When they get off the boat, they're exposing the rest of the world to it. And that cycle just continues. So why would you be upset that they're trying to do their best to bottle it all in, so to speak? And it's just it's, it's crazy to me. But back to this little sports thing real quick, because it's like, man, the Lakers was balling. They was balling, man. Like, I honestly felt like they had a good chance to win the championship. So hopefully right now they're saying that it's suspended. I seen the statement Silver made where um, they were saying that at least 30 days and hopefully in 30 days they can kind of control it, get it all together 
to where it would be safe for the NBA teams to continue with their schedules or go ahead and start the playoffs. Not sure if I'm if I'm okay with that because this is a momentum killer. You had all these teams in a good rhythm. Uh, Giannis messed up his knee, so he's been out. So the Bucks kind of hit a little little bump in the road, lost a few games, and the Lakers were actually closing that gap for the best record in the league until they lose to Brooklyn. I still can't understand that one. You beat the Clippers, you beat the Bucks, and then you lose to Brooklyn with no Kyrie, no Kevin Durant. But they had an opportunity to tie in the in the loss column with the Milwaukee Bucks for the best record in the, in the NBA. So I feel like they were gaining momentum, which would have propelled them into the playoffs, in my opinion. And they would have came in on a good note, ending the season on a good note, and go right into the playoffs and just keep it going. Where now, everybody's just stuck. You don't know who's going to be working out because right now they're urging people to stay away from each other. I know that they said that they left it up to the players as to whether or not they still wanted to work out together. But again, they're they're urging people to keep their distance from everybody because right now you just, you don't know who has it. And it's unfortunate with the situation that happened in Utah because Gobert is out here playing around again I understand he's not an official American, but it's like people take things as a joke and you're touching people in the locker room, pretending like you're contaminating everything. And sure enough, now Donovan Mitchell has it. They had to walk both teams off the court so they can quarantine and test everybody. It's like you're putting everybody at such an inconvenience because you think it's a game. And I'm glad I said that because now it's like that's the perfect example. I should have started with that first. It's like you're walking around. You don't know if you're carrying it, but you're pretending to be carrying it and you're touching everything only to find out that you actually did have it. And now you put everybody else at risk. So now the league has to go back, look at the schedule, see how many teams Utah played in the span of 10 days or so and tell them, make sure you keep an eye out. If you show any signs of symptoms, go get treated, stay away from everybody. So they had to cancel or suspend gameplay because now it's like you don't know who has it. You don't know who Gobert or Donovan Mitchell came into contact with. I seen a video this morning where some of the fans were sitting courtside and I'm assuming that somebody asked, could they take a shot or something? And Donovan Mitchell, again, joking, was like, no, you can't touch this ball. You might have the virus only to find out that he literally had the virus. And that's what I'm saying. Like that, that to me is scary. I could be sitting here right now carrying it and wouldn't even know it. And like I said, my wife, she's a teacher. She went to work today. The kids went to school today. If I am carrying it, I kissed them goodnight, hugged them, told them have a good day in school and sent them right out the door. So just, just let's just say I had it. Sent them out the door. Whoever's in their classroom, whoever's in school, whoever they come in contact with at the cafeteria, like that's how this stuff can, can go like a a wildfire. So yes, I'm going to be at home. Like, unless I necessarily just have to go outdoors, I'm staying in the house. Even where I read in Vegas, they shut down all the the buffet lines. And you know, that's what Vegas is known for. A lot of those hotels, the MGM and all that, those glorious buffets. And people were complaining about how it's going to hurt the economy 
because they're closing all that stuff down. And after I thought about it, I was like, well, shh, you know, we, we need to stop going to these restaurants here. And I ordered Jimmy John's yesterday and had it delivered. So I don't know whoever made my sandwich, if they were sick, showing symptoms. I don't know. I ate it. And then boom, who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's the scary part. And I understand you can't be afraid of everything. If it's your time, it's your time. You can't prevent everything. But at the same time, um, I can go buy this sandwich meat and make my own sandwich here at home. Even if I got to put it in the sink and wash it off. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's scary. But back to the little NBA stuff, because now if they do go straight to the playoffs, you got to try to pick all that momentum back up. And that might be a, a gift and a curse. The Lakers are talented enough to where, hey, they can just pick up where they left off, but they can also fall due to that chemistry not being there no more. Because if they're out, then of course you can't practice. So those connections and those bonds that you had out there on the floor, now you don't have it. I've seen where um, the players are saying they want to finish the regular season, even if it stretches all the way into late July. And I guess that that's a good thing. You know, they're wanting to finish it out. But then it's like, okay, if it does stretch all the way into July, do you push the start of uh, next season back? Or do you shorten next year's season and just let everybody start from scratch and just say, hey, we're going to play 62 games instead of 82 and then start the playoffs on time? Like, how would that work? But we'll see. It's still early. Everything is just happening. And I think everybody's just in in a panic, man. Everybody's just panicking. And we'll see. Because no college, they said canceled. No college tournament. Like, that's unbelievable. But even with them, I get it because it's different. Like you got to think, <clears throat> depending on how long this this goes on, normal college semester ends, what, the first week of May? School is out by the first week of May. Normally, by the time that the tournament is over with, you got two or three weeks and then you take your finals and it's time to go home. Or for those kids that's getting prepared for the NBA, the NBA draft is in June. So that's what, March, April, May, June. So in three months, you're talking about kids being eligible for the NBA draft. So if they postpone the tournament and now you're playing tournament games into late April, early May, you really don't have time to work on your individual game to prepare for the draft, the combine, and be ready to go in there and show them how you improve. So Again, with that, it's just, it's it's scary, man. And I feel for those kids. I really do, because it's like, this is their opportunity to showcase how they've gotten better over the year. This is their opportunity for them to try to carry their team to a championship. That's why I didn't agree with them just naming whoever won the the conference title in the regular season you get the automatic bid for the tournament. I think the Ivy League, they done that for the ACC. So they were getting ready to prepare for this tournament, but they were just giving the the title to the teams who had already secured their spot in the tournament, so to speak. We already knew your Kentuckys, your Dukes, your Florida States, your Baylors. 
we already knew they were in. The conference tournament is to hope that the the lesser teams are motivated to try to make that run the way UConn done when Kimba Nim was there. Like you're on that bottom bottom line of win or go home. And if you hit that that run at the right time and peak at the right time, you can win your conference tournament and go in and make a strong push for a national championship. But if you eliminate that and just award the team who had the best record, then what justice are you doing for the for the kids that were looking for that opportunity to try to shock the world? So I was just like, I didn't agree with it at the time, but now that it's all canceled, now you don't even have to worry about that that factor at all. But I I hate it for those the the kids that were seniors. And this was their last opportunity to try to showcase themselves, last opportunity to try to win a national championship. This is it. And if these NBA scouts haven't been looking at them or think that they're NBA worthy, that doubts in your mind now. Like, I'll never fulfill my hoop dreams. I'll never get to the NBA or not say never get to the NBA, but now the road is extremely harder. So you got to feel for that. And then real quick, um, I'm looking at this coronavirus and all this and that from a global standpoint. And I guess this is where I'm kind of nervous or afraid, and I'm not really hearing too many people talk about it. Yeah, this whole big deal with the stock market, that part, still not fully sure how all of that works yet. Read a couple books trying to get into investment and stock and stuff, and I'm kind of glad that we didn't do it because right now is not a good time. So uh, shout out to my boy P. If if you're listening to this, we definitely going to get it going. But we got to figure out when the time is right, because right now it's looking ugly. According to what I'm seeing and reading, right now is not a good time. A lot of people are complaining about their 401ks getting hit. And it's just right now is not the good time to be investing in nothing. But going to what I want to touch on real quick from a global standpoint, you got these companies that are afraid to do business with China and those other countries right now because bring you're you're increasing the probability of bringing this sickness overseas into our country or vice versa importing and exporting and you just constantly going back and forth and we're just shipping this all over the world and that's how people are becoming contaminated because you got to think Somebody has to load it. So if I'm a loader in China, carrying it, don't know that I'm carrying it, whoever I'm handing these these goods off to, somebody's got to uh, fly the planes. Somebody's got to control the ships. So if I come into contact with them this whole time while they're traveling, going back and forth, now they have it. Whoever's receiving the goods, now they have it. So I I get why companies are afraid to continue business and I even seen where Nike pushing back release dates. Shoes are being put on hold because of all of this. I seen where Adidas, I think it said they've already lost maybe like a billion dollars. I think a billion dollars. Can't remember the actual number, but you know, companies are taking a huge hit because of this sickness that's going on worldwide. And if you look at this pandemonium that's being caused here in the States. People are going out and completely emptying grocery stores. You're buying up all the goods. So worst case scenario, and I hope none of this happens. This is just me hypothetically speaking. I hope none of it happens. 
But what if this does spread even more, even faster to the point to where here in the United States, they're stopping the the transporting of goods. They're telling these 18 wheelers, you can't deliver to Walmart no more. You can't deliver to Kroger's anymore. We have to put a hold on that. So if you all have depleted the grocery stores and they're not able to restock the supplies and bring in more goods, now you can't even go to the grocery store to buy what you need just to maintain everyday living. That to me is scary in its own self. Like what is this going to do to our economy as a whole? I keep hearing people say that this is going to cause gas prices to go down because less people are going to be driving But I honestly feel like it's going to be the opposite. I feel like it's going to cause gas prices to go up because you're going to try to have to stabilize the economy. So if you're not able to transport and do this and get oil and all that, you know, you're not able to continue with your everyday routine to keep the whole world functioning as it's always functioned. It's still going to be a cause and effect. Like you cannot eliminate that. Like I honestly feel like we're just now getting a taste of what could possibly happen for them to completely close and shut down Italy. Like nothing coming in, nothing go out. Think about what those people are going through right now. Like if you don't have the necessities to survive and stay inside your home, like what kind of services are they providing to people that need to go to the grocery store, need to go get toilet paper, need to go get soap. And that, I guess that's where I need to do my, my research because now I'm, I'm, I'm interested in in what's taking place. And I feel like us here in America, we should be following up with what they're doing. Try to learn from their situation to try to prevent it here. But I honestly feel like some people are not going to those extremes because they think that it's just a joke. And that's why I wanted to record this episode because it's like everything can't be a joke. And if you're seeing people dying and people are becoming deathly ill, then as a human being, in my opinion, you should feel that, like be intrigued by that, not intrigued, but like, I need to see what's going on, have some kind of sympathy and empathy for people to understand what they're going through. So it's an unfortunate situation, what took place in Italy and China, but now we need to figure out what we need to do to prevent it from happening over here. And that's why it's like, it goes all the way back to President Trump. When he stood there at that podium and was making light of the situation. Oh, these Dems, them and their hoax and this and that. And it's like, you're the president of the United States. You're supposed to be up there telling people, hey, we need to send our thoughts and prayers to what's going on over there. We need to take this serious. We need to see what's going on. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you sanitizing and keeping everything clean So we can try to prevent that. But instead, you're making light of it. You're making jokes about it to where now it's here. It's here. And now you want to sit in the camera and people keep saying that it's not funny. So don't hopefully that chuckle didn't trust me. It's not funny. Well, people are saying that Trump might have been exposed to it. I think they said in a a reporter that was near Trump or something, he tested positive for it now. And they don't know if it came from Trump or if he already had. And it's like, it's not funny anymore. It's not funny at all anymore. So this is where we as people need to need to figure this out. Yeah, we can sit on social media and laugh all day long if we want to, but there's also a time to be serious and be thoughtful of others. Think about elderly people. My grandmother. Yeah, my, my daughter wants to go home to visit 
and see her grandmother and her great grandmother. But let's just say one of us is carrying it. And then we expose my grandmother to that. She's already a diabetic. She already has health concerns, health issues. So we're putting her in harm's way just so we can go down there and, and visit. That's the part that I don't agree with. But like I said, this that's that's up for debate. But again, this was my thought process on it. And that's why I respectfully disagree with people trying to take advantage of the cheap flight tickets, the cheap cruises. Hell, we had a, a cruise booked for July, first week of August. And I'm just going to be honest, like, I have no desire to go right now. We were trying to go to the Bahamas. My wife is like, well, there's no cases in Jamaica. There's no cases in the Bahamas. And I'm like, it's just now starting to run rampant. July is a long way from now. We don't know what is going to go on. And people just take for granted that, oh, this will blow over. It'll be done in a few weeks. It'll be over with. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. To each his own. But for me, I'll be in the house. Definitely would be in the house. Friday the 13th, no NBA, no college. I made a joke yesterday where it's like, only thing I got left is Call of Duty. So if they take that away from me, man, I'm I'm finna go slice my wrist. Knock on wood, let me quit playing. (laughs) I ain't gonna slice my wrist. But I'm for real, that's the last thing I got to entertain me because you can't go outside. They urging people not to go to the gym. And that was perfect. That worked out perfect on my behalf because I ain't been going to the gym anyway. So now when people's like, man, you been going to work out? Nope. Coronavirus. Been eating cookies and milk and pizza and popcorn and ice cream. Coronavirus ain't about to get me. Nope. So I'm using that as an excuse from now until uh, 2021. I ain't been to the gym because of coronavirus. Oh, so I'm finna chill. We had some good music drop today. That's the only thing I can look forward to. Uzi Vert dropped part two of his little album, Love Versus the World 2. I don't know the rules and regulations to how you can play music and stuff on a podcast, so I don't want to get into no trouble. But I'm definitely going to be jamming to this Uzi Vert and Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow dropped a project today. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's that Uzi Vert right here, though. Can't believe some of y'all old heads, now. Y'all talking about y'all don't like Uzi. We skip through it, because like I said, I can't play it for copyright issues. Let me quit, because y'all ain't ready for that. That Uzi Vert goes hard. That's a whole nother episode that we going to have. Hopefully, I can get my boy uh, Chris, get my cousin Charles on here. And we can sit down and talk about music, because they are definitely music heads. And I feel like oftentimes... Us old heads, older people, we don't give these younger dudes the benefit of the doubt because they don't sound like what we're accustomed to listening to. I honestly feel like for me, I listen to music with an open mind. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. And with these newer guys, it's like they're not in it to make classic records. They just want something that's just for the moment, like whatever mood you in at that particular moment. 
that's what they're making that music for. When you go to a Uzi Vert concert, it's just to go out there and have a good time. You see a whole different crowd of people and everybody's out there to have a good time. For however long you out there, you know that when I go to an Uzi Vert concert, everybody's going to have a good time. Black, white, brown, green, fat, short, skinny, tall, everybody's going to have a good time. But then if you go to gangster concert, gangster rap and this and that, I'm going there to have a good time, yeah. But I also got to keep in mind that anything can pop off. I like Lil Baby's album. He had an amazing album drop last week. But then I read where there was a shootout at one of his concerts the other day. And it's like for me, being 35, I'm not going to be out there. I'm not going out there at all. I know what comes with that crowd and not again, not to generalize that crowd of people, but you can't be shocked if that happens. So when I listen to Uzi Vert, I know that his music, anything can happen in any concert. Don't get me wrong. But I know that this crowd of people that go to listen to him, the odds of that happening, I can't see it. So for us, oh, they they ain't rapping about nothing. They mumble rappers. I can't understand what they saying. It's garbage. It's trash. Like, just like anything else in life, things evolve. And I know I'm kind of being a hypocrite because I talk about basketball and how I hate the evolution of the game. But it's just like, things evolve. I can't sit here and expect every artist to hip, hop, the hippie, the hippie to the hip, hip, hop, you don't stop, the rocket to the dot, 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 not, not. No, like, stuff changes. I grew up on 3-6 Mafia, so I definitely ain't listening to music for lyrics. For me, it's always been about the beats. So when I listen to Uzi Vert, for whatever reason, his music is up-tempo. It puts me in a good mood. I can't expect to listen to Jada Kiss and get a Uzi Vert feeling. It's night and day. But where some people are die-hard, I like that New York sound. I like that rough, rugged. That's all I want to listen to. Okay, that's what floats your boat. But you can't piss on... These younger kids who are creating music for this generation of kids. Same way with my parents when they listen to Zap and Roger, Earth, Wind and Fire. And for me, I feel like their music is universal. I still listen to it to this day. And that's definitely not for my generation. So I, I can kind of get the sour grapes because their music was timeless, so to speak. But these younger kids might feel like Uzi Vert is timeless. When you throw Uzi Vert on, hey... I'm always bop to it. I'm always hit that shoulder shimmy to Uzi Vert. But like I said, these these quote unquote, I'm a hip hop head and I'm a this, I'm a that. We need bars. We need this. Like, come on, man. Times change. But real quick, get into this Harlow real quick. Because I'm glad that everything's coming his way right now, man. This is one of my favorites right here. Give you a little snippet. Again, I don't own the rights to none of this music. Hey. Ha. That's all you get. That's all you get. I'm not giving you no more. Harlow goes off. Shout out to my boy Chris, man. He put me on Harlow a while back. He's from Louisville here in Kentucky. White dude. 
And man, his sound is is amazing. Like he's in his own lane. You know, some new artists just try to copy off of what everybody else does. And I don't get that from Harlow. Like he's in his own lane. Like I love that that harmony and melodies and hooks where it's just like, you know what I'm saying? It's catchy. It's catchy. When I first heard it, I had no idea the dude was white. Not to sound racist or nothing like that, but it's like when you looked at the album cover, you thought it was just somebody playing a joke. Dude was like naked or something. Like, hold on, let me pull this up real quick. What was the name of that album? Uh, let's see here. 18. He's sitting on a, on a little block in his underwear. White dude with some glasses and curly hair. I thought it was just a joke. So when I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, dude, it's going off, man. This is nice. Like, what is this? This is nice. And then I found out that that's really dude. I was like, oh, man, he's nice. He's cold. Real quick, another little sample. Okay, 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 okay. That's all you get. That's all you get. Again, I don't own the rights to none of this. I want to get in no trouble for sitting here recording and going over and over. But I want to have this conversation with Chris, my cousin Charles. See if we can have this conversation. Because like I said, dude is local. He's starting to get the recognition that he deserves now. So, shout out to Jack Harlow, man. Good job, dude. For real. Because I really enjoy his music. Like, I haven't heard a project from him yet that I didn't like. So, we'll save that for another episode. Getting ready to jump off here, man. Gotta go wash my hands. Now, I've been sitting on this computer for, what, almost an hour? Gotta go wash my hands. Scrub down the house. Y'all stay safe out here, man. Go out there and get you some toilet paper. Get you some soap real quick before everything run out. And then we all sitting around using leaves, wiping our, wiping our, our tails, dog, like back in the day, man. So y'all be careful. Stay safe. We out.